and welcome to the Antiplex. This is episode 19, Halloween Kills. I'm your host, Andy Majorano, and joining me today, another huge Halloween fanatic. It's been a few months, so I needed I needed somebody to help me ring this back in and ring in the holiday row here, because the holidays are coming. And this one's the big one, boys and girls. Halloween. Hello, Mr. Ryan Grassmeyer. Ah, ring-a-ding-ding, ringing in the season. Uh, Ryan Grassmeyer here. I can't believe I get to be on episode 19, Halloween Kills. Yes. On the 19th of October, we're recording it, and it is... I did not even realize that. And, it, and it's number 19, which is my favorite number. It is also Stephen King's favorite number, and anybody who reads Stephen King out there will know it from the Dark Tower series and any one of his books that are uh, related to that. And then you can't unsee the number 19 everywhere you go. Seared into your mind. Ugh. Well, yes, this is your third episode of the Antiflex. What? Uh, you you got me back again? Yeah, no, I know. stop it. I feel on. I'm like John Goodman on Saturday Night I'm really Saturday milking Live. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you are John Goodman. Reincarnate. Um, yeah, episode two, where we, did, we talked about Terminator 2. Oh, my God. And it was right as the pandemic uh, hammer was coming down, mm-hmm. and uh, that was pretty scary. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And then we we had you back with Nick Chandler for episode 11, the Starship Troopers podcast. Yes. Both of them very sort of, uh, in, you know, mimicking sort of, you know, current uh, political and economical, socio socioeconomical things going on. It exactly. Was scary that... I know. We keep syncing up the uh, yeah. synchronicity, the zeitgeist. Yes. So zeity. But the, Michael Myers, so you know, basically. he's basically, uh, you know, he just represents... Uh, humanity and how it likes to kill, and then and then ha- and then and then people that he kills. That's just him. He's he's humanity killing himself. You know, that's it's like an Ouroboros. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I definitely want to get really really into what Michael symbolizes, what he represents. So this is super exciting. We are massive John Carpenter fans. We are massive fans of really the whole series. I mean, yeah, we are sons of Carpenter. We are former sons of Carpenter, uh, where we talk about Carpenter films. Um, so now it's really exciting to come back and see some of these. Some of the fresh crop of filmmakers coming in. Like, uh, we have David Gordon Green, who's the director and writer of Halloween Kills, which just opened and we got to see on Friday at my place because thanks to streaming on Peacock. But it's also in the theater. It's doing really well. It had a really nice weekend, $50 million weekend. Yeah, it's a success. Uh, so yeah, against a very, very, very modest budget. Well, and, and Bloom, you know, he he hires his his actors. He he spoke in an interview with uh, Joe Bob Briggs on the Last Driving about how when he you know a lot of studios don't pay their actors as well, and that's why the actors don't really want to work with him very often. Or or, or again, he does the opposite, where he's created such a, a, a great group of writer, actor, directors, and producers that everyone wants. They get paid well. They work well together. They ha- they turn low budget into success. They, they rarely have had any flops. And and, 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 and and he likes to, when, when, when they get to a bonus in like a weekend like this, he likes to personally write a check to someone, film himself, signing yep. it, putting it in an envelope, and sending it off on FedEx, which I just love because then someone gets a text message going, hey, man, here's your bonus. And, and he said that it's anywhere from 50 grand to 100 grand, depending on sort of their sliding scale. So for all these actors to like watch the opening weekend and then just to get a check for 50 grand just because of the success of the show, that's that's points on the back end in a way that doesn't happen very often for these guys. And so I can't wait to work with him someday and jason uh, we are going we, to we know you're listening and uh, david and uh, you're tuning we're in coming right now for you uh we have a series and uh we're gonna see you in uh, the next year or two in a meeting i guarantee it yeah so it was a real treat to um have jason blum and david gordon green uh jason blum the producer and also the head of blumhouse which is the biggest horror company in the world right now and yeah uh produced the new halloween films the last two so we had 2018 three years ago and then 
uh, Halloween Kills, which just opened on this past Friday. Like Brian said, it's the 19th of October, 2021. But we really got a real nice opportunity to get one of the best hosts, in my opinion, interviewing some of the coolest guests. And I know we were gonna have, we had this episode coming up and we had the movie coming up, so it was just a real treat to get to hang out with these guys. And when Joe Bob does an interview, it goes over a whole film. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it was two films for a Halloween special. It was the Halloween hoedown. If you guys don't, uh, if you haven't checked out Joe Bob on Shutter the Last Drive-In, it's a real, real treat. If you're a fan of movies in general, and especially horror and sci-fi and thriller, you got to check him out. But he's just so entertaining, and his style of interviewing is so laid back. And I really have come to emulate a lot of what he's done in, in, in my hosting. And, and he was a big, big hero of mine. But getting to just hang out with Jason Blum and David Gordon Green for so long and getting to, as they watch two older films... Um, we had Alice, and then what was the second film? Terror Train. Terror Train, right, yeah, right, right, with yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, ha- Halloween meets Silver Streak. Yeah. Halloween meets Silver Streak. If you guys need to watch this, it's on Shutter. And uh, if you don't have an account, just uh, DM me, and I'll send you all my uh, account info. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we wanna we wanna have everyone in uh, in the loop here. Yeah, Terror Train is great, and also was fun to do something with Jamie Lee Curtis coming up to you know the Halloween premiere. And on a young uh, David Copperfield in the movie, you're right. not expecting right. David Copperfield is like one of the main stars of this film. Yeah. Oh, what a treat. Oh, it's so cool. Well, yeah. So Ryan was saying, I'll just I'll just you know revocalize what Jason Blum was saying. How he's like, you know, you pay your people, they keep coming back, and they want to work with you again. Yeah. And so he's, you know, he started off doing Paranormal Activity in 2009, and then it just kept snowballing from there, Insidious. And I really think the movies that he, he was doing have helped save horror, in my opinion. He brought horror back to life. He brought horror back you know, to life. Just I, like Jason in uh, number six, I think, is where he gets... Uh, <laughs> Jason revived. Lives? Yeah, Jason Lives. So. Yeah, yeah. So and, and, and also, um, they, you know, they got the rights to Halloween, and they, they approached John Carpenter with the, sort of uh, the ultimatum of, it's going to be made. Uh, we'd love it if you approved what we did, um, because either way, it's going to be made, so we're going to try to give you something that you would love. And they did, and he signed off it, and then they, went, they got John first, then they went to uh, JLC. Our, our JLC, Grandma Mustrode, and, uh, and 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 JLC, she was right on board with it too, and you could tell how excited she is in the interviews and, and, and with with working and stuff. Even the the Halloween premiere that they did, where she dressed as her mother uh, from uh, uh, from uh, the movie Psycho. Yeah. Um. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Jamie. Um, well, what was her mother's name? Uh, Janet, Janet Lee. Janet Lee. Janet yeah. Lee. She dressed as Janet Lee, and, uh, and and did a great homage to her to her mom's sort so of horror cool. career. And it's great that like the Scream Queen, you know, made a new one, you know, the, yeah. made the greatest Scream Queen the of passing all time. of the baton uh-huh. of the Scream Queen. So that was fun. There's been a lot of fun press and things going on about this, but uh, yeah, I can't wait to, to sort of uh, break it apart. It's been, it was, this movie is bananas. <laughs> I know, I know. Real quick, before we get into kills, yeah, yeah, I want to just uh, do a little uh, lay of the land, how things have been going. Um, if you've listened to Ryan Grassmeyer on the previous two episodes he appeared on, you would know he is an actor. And uh, I'll let you take it over. Stupid Jeff, the character that you portray in now Danger Force, the spinoff of Henry Danger, is back. Yeah. Isn't it? It's about to air, yes? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they brought Stupid Jeff back for an episode, and it was probably the most fun I've ever had on film. So, uh, you know, we've been sort of on pause. So cool. Because of the pandemic and such. Right. Uh, we're back. We were back in the studio, and um, 
they wrote an episode. It's called Dude, Where's My Man Buggy? And uh, Stupid Jeff gets to sort of go on on a really fun rampage. He picks up uh, a fellow villain uh, that you'll, you would all recognize that are fans of the show. Uh, mostly, you know, 8 to 16-year-olds are watching this television show, but it is, you know, they, they write it so that the adults will dig it. There's an episode where Stupid Jeff breaks into a, an eyeglass shop, and it's called Specs in the City. They're try, you know, they try to get, the, they try to get the, like, jokes for the adults and the That's kids. Clever. Uh, it's very clever. I love, the, I love it so much. And I got to do some of the best stunt work, and it was just a freaking blast. I got to do all this makeup work. Um, so it was, you know, it, it was, uh, Jeff comes back in a big, big way for all y'all. And I think the episode oh, will air, um, um, sometime next month, uh, in, in November. November. Yeah, I yeah. know yeah. it's coming up. I just saw Cooper's Instagram. He was talking about how, um, the show's about to drop, right? They've got a four part, uh, four part and, uh, and Jeff comes back in episode five. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So right away, I can't wait to see it. It was, it was just a blast. Um, so how did that play out? Did they, did they reach out to you like a while back and say he's definitely coming back or did it kind of, was it more of a late development? I mean, how, yeah. So, uh, how cause this you, is your 11th. I think, yeah, we did, we did the math. This yeah. Was I was like, episode. Ryan, what is this four or five now? Yeah. And, and you were like, uh, and he like sat there and we did the math. I did. I've done 11 episodes of live action, one animated. And so 12 total episodes of, uh, between Henry Danger and Danger Force. I think this is my third episode of Danger Force. Uh, I'm in the pilot where they do a great uh, thing where they sort of buy the rights to all the villains by having Everyone the, comes back yeah, all, all, all the, new, the new heroes that they got. They don't really know how to use their powers very well, so they're not very trained, and they accidentally blow a hole through the side of the prison, and we all sort of spill out one by one. Nice. Doing our catchy little fun uh, taglines, and then absconding into the universe. It's like again. a Batman episode where like It was Arkham definitely Asylum. like a Batman episode. And, Breakout. And that's what I love about it. There's yeah. such this sense of humor, like... They don't take themselves too seriously until they do, and they do really have these heartfelt episodes. There's one, you know, there's a few that will, you know, they'll make you, they'll bring you to tears and stuff. Even the finale was really, yeah. really, was really emotional. It's a great show, man. Uh, the finale we did of Henry Danger, it ends with uh, Henry's funeral, and my character goes up and does a whole stupid eulogy where he's reading out of the the, the, the barbecue, um, the grill Bible. So there's like a... You know, there's like, you know, the normal Bible. And then he's reading like, you know, <laughs> yay, will they have the barbecue sauce and cut the veggies and make them plentiful? And it was so stupid. But anywho, um, <laughs> we, so, yeah, it's, it's evolved and it's been really sort of fun to see where, where uh, Stupid Jeff has gone. Um, and it's just been an honor. They gave me a last name in an episode. They really built my character into a real person at one point where we meet the Bilskis. We meet the whole family. Um, so it's been it's been cool to watch his evolution and be a part of it and sort of like uh, not expecting you know eleven episodes. So yeah, wow, over two series, over two series, yeah. Since twenty thirteen, yeah. I think I've been playing this role. So it's and been it's, an honor. it's the long again. It's the longest running kid show, Henry Danger, right? It's the longest running uh, Nickelodeon uh, live action series of all time. We went like live 100, action, 119 yeah. or one hundred twenty some episode twenty nine. 129 episodes and live action yeah live action and um yeah and so and then we did and then it now it's been off and now it's been off yeah yeah and uh unbelievable yeah it's it's been that a is, lot of fun that is just so cool <laughs> yeah so you know you've really got to like you've really grown up with jeff you yeah. guys have grown up together in a way we have you know we've leveled up in in many ways uh and so i've, I've got to be a part of his journey um there's been you know there's been points where um, I worked with police officers and I've sort of questioned them about uh, criminals and things like this. And I've got oh, to wow. actually, I've got to actually like, talk, to real, yeah, try to talk to real cops about sort of buffoonish criminals they've dealt with and stupid stories they have of like just the dumbest criminals they've dealt with. And, and just hearing it from their perspective, I've really sort of, 
you know, double down on Jeff's perspective. Like Jeff is the good guy. Everyone else, the cops, the the, the you know, the, the heroes, they're all the bad guys. Jeff is like a criminal mastermind good guy to himself. To him, yeah. he's he's on the right side of this thing. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. To and play. everyone else is just mucking but, it up. But uh, earlier, you, yeah, I'm sorry, I I I I didn't, I rolled right over the question before, which was um, what what sort of we do in the process. They call me. They put they put actors on what's called a veil, where they check mm-hmm. your availability and they pin you down. Uh, for they go okay, they're you know what happens is usually the casting department gets the script and they see that this character is in the in that script and they go oh cool and then they reach out to the agent, agent reaches out to the actor going hey your character's coming back are you available for this and then you go you immediately always say yes and then and then quit whatever job you had because you get to actually be a working actor this week or whatnot yeah uh, you know you get to go into Burger King and throw your paper hat at your manager and be like I don't have to do this next week. I'm going to go be a criminal on television. Um, so there's that. And then, uh, and then sometimes it, it pushes and you know, the, the schedule, uh, you know, gets kerfuffled or whatnot. And you just have to sort of keep yourself ready and available for it. But um, this show is, it's, it's really such an honor to be a part of something that's so professional and well put together. I never thought I'd have the, op- the opportunity or honor of being um, like having a fan base. You know, we've got these crazy yeah. fans that draw our pictures and they, and just when we meet fans and in make, public, make toys, make toys. Yeah, we're we're like you know we're we're on t-shirts and all that. We you know yeah. we meet a fan in public and like immediately, it's like a really humbling, surreal moment where, you know, I always get down sort of on one knee so because I'm a big guy, I'm like six feet tall, and I'm you know kind of booming, and I don't want to scare the kids, so I get down right at their <laughs> level just to go, hey, what's up? Tell me about your favorite part of the show. Ask me any questions you know, and I get to sign autographs, and, and my autograph is a, it's literally a snowman with sunglasses on a son that's also wearing sunglasses because she can't even handle her own radiance. And then a flower made of hearts. And I put that on an ID a long time ago. So now it is my official signature. Uh, if anyone wants to, you know, steal uh, my anything, that's my, that's my signature. You can just go ahead and steal my identity with just that. But you don't have no idea which order those go in. So good luck. Nobody can mimic you. Only five-year-olds can steal my identity properly, I think. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, I have the worst handwriting. I I've never been asked to sign anything. I know. I'm looking at it right um, now. You. I mean, are you? I know. Sure, I, I take. Are notes. you sure I'm not a doctor writing prescriptions? What is this? I know. I, I take notes like for for right now, and then uh, <laughs> I I go to look down and I just uh, can't read it a darn word. But there's something about writing it by hand. That's it. Just like puts it into my brain. I don't know why. More yeah. more than writing it. I mean, I take plenty of notes with the keyboard. Well, that's absolutely cool. Can't wait to see more stupid Jeff. Yeah, man. Uh, what a what a cool thing. And um, it's been a real treat to see you. Um, yeah, and then we have Last Best Hope, which we do together. Oh the, yes, Last Best Hope. The, the, ra- the radio play about a hapless uh, crew lost in space. And Andy plays many many characters, including one of the main characters, uh, our ship's computer, Doug. Doug. And uh, we're going to be uh, we're just getting back in the writer's room. It's a sci-fi we, comedy. We're yeah. lost in space and time. Uh, check out episode 11. We had the um, the other co-conspirator, Nick Chandler. You guys created the show together. Mm-hmm. And a real, real honor to be part of it. Also, Cooper Barnes, who was also on uh, Henry Danger and Danger Force. Mm-hmm. And his wife plays two of them. And his wife, Liz. Liz, she's a great comedian. Yeah. Um, What's the website? Uh, Last Best Hope? I think it's called lastbesthope.com. I mean, yeah. it's, or if, if you just look up Last Best Hope Podcast, you'll be able Last to find it. Last Best Hope Podcast. It's, it's, on, it's on all the major mm-hmm. outlets. If you're bored on a drive or you're taking a really long bathroom break, it's perfect for that, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's it's really, really funny. Um, if you're a fan of sci-fi, it's got it kind of has the old-timey radio vibe, but also... Uh, the ensemble is just really, really fun, and uh, it's just—it's uh, so fun to be in the room and do it live when we record. And, yeah, uh, I, I can't, can't wait. We're gonna get—we're gonna get the team back together soon. So, excellent, yeah. awesome, yeah, awesome. Season two is coming up. So cool, so cool. 
So, we both love Halloween a lot. I'm not going to, you know, not to toot our own horns, but not to toot our own candy corns. I've never heard of it. What, what, <laughs> yeah. Halloween? What is this thing? What is this? <laughs> um, and in L.A., it stays kind of warm here until, like, what, like three days ago? And then now it's actually starting to feel kind of crisp. And it's in the air. And it's infectious. And I'm so pumped to do this podcast today. And we just watched Halloween Kills for the, what, third time now? Fourth time for me. Fourth yeah. time for you. <laughs> I had to do it twice, like back to back in the same day. Like I was running a VHS tape. Yeah. And it had to go back the next day. And I was like, no, we got to watch it again. We got to watch it as many times before we got to return it. Yeah. <laughs> well, real quick, what, what, make, uh, the holiday, not the film franchise, which sure. we will dive into in a second. But what is it about Halloween? If you could put a finger on it, put a bony finger on it. <laughs> uh, what do you think for you makes it so awesome? You know, I think the reason that I love Halloween so dang much is that it was the holiday built for the the, the actor. It was the holiday built for the, the, the performer. We, we get to wear costumes. We get to put on makeup. We get to scare people. I get to, I would build a haunted become house. Become something else. Become something else and put on a character and really get into it, you know? Yeah. I am a vampire. When I was young, my mom used to let us just pull the the Halloween box out as soon as October started. And we, I would dress up like a vampire for three weeks, you know, like I would come home from school and just Alma. be, oh yeah, Alma. I would just put on an old costume and live in it and it smelled awful, <laughs> but I built a, a, I would always put up a haunted house that I would uh, build in my bedroom or in, in part of the house and I would hang sheets as walls and do all these awesome. really cool stuff and have uh, neighborhood kids help out by sort of hanging out and scaring, jumping out and grabbing people and things. This is one of those haunted houses that we, you know, you had to sign a waiver for because you could die. No, I mean, but you know, like a, you know, classic where it's like, <laughs> you know, b- bowl of wet noodles and, you know, peeled grapes kind of thing and, and, uh, and that whole deal. And like, I remember one time I, oh, I got, Oh man, those are great. I got a, um, I got this fake skin that you got, I got from like the grocery store and you could like, you know, put bullet holes and and I went to the garage and I took a nail before my mom got home and I sawed the nail in half. So there was just the top half of the nail, put a little, put, made a little mound, stuck that half of the nail in my hand and put like a few drops of blood coming out of it. My mom came home from work that day and I just ran out like mom, mom and she flipped she was like oh my god get in the oh car we're going god, to the hospital you got her. I got she threw me in the car we were like at the end of the block before I had to I, when I was like trying to go I was like mom it's, like, fake. Mom, it's fake and I pulled it off and she was like you how dare you and I was always just the oh, worst she's so mad my birthday was April 2nd you know so like it was the day after April Fool's Day and I was always just April Fool's Day was my pre-birthday where I would rig the whole house up before she'd wake up and like I would tape, you know, a little like uh, you know, the sprayer on the the sink that you you turn the water on and you can sort of grab the the little you oh, pull right, the sprayer right, right, out yeah. and you, you squeeze it and it'll spray. The ones that used to be attached like in the sink that had yeah, a little hose. That's handy for dishes. And I would turn it around and tape it, sh- tape it uh, sh- closed or open, you know, tape the handle against it so that it was just on. As soon as you turn the water on, it would just spray right at her. It was the worst. And then she would oh, be like man. dressed for work. And Your she'd be, poor like, mom. She'd be like, dang it, now I got to put on a different outfit and these shoes don't match. You're the worst. So, I should have been killed a long time ago. She should have Halloween killed me. <laughs> Halloween killed you. How about you, man? What's your Halloween nostalgia? Oh, man. I uh, Everything you said is right on. Um, I wasn't so much into the pranking. The smell of Spencer's Gifts masks. Oh, you go to Spencer's Gifts, the, the latex mask smell would radiate out of this. You could walk by it like Wetzel's uh, pretzels, and it would waft you in there. Wetzel's pretzels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Cinnabon. Yeah, exactly. Right now, oh yeah, Spencer's gifts is the greatest. We we will find ourselves talking about that and reminiscing about that a lot. Um, 
I own two lava lamps, uh, several diffusers. I like little lights that glow. My apartment's kind of always a little in Halloween mode, um, but like to go the extra mile when Halloween comes around. But yeah, I just it's the whole kit and caboodle of fall, which has become my favorite you mm-hmm. know season now. The crisp air, I, I sleep better. I just feel like better about being inside all the time, which you know we've been inside a lot of the pandemic, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, it just feels a little better, like, cuddling up with the crisp air. But, yeah, um, and also just pumpkin spice in the air. You've got uh, uh, it's just, you pumpkin spice anything Just in got a candle. You can go to Trader Joe's. They will pumpkin spice everything. They got pumpkin spice tampons there. I swear to goodness. <laughs> <laughs> got to pick some up. <laughs> I know. I'm it's almost only a week out. till Halloween. I'm almost out, man. <laughs> yeah, only 12 days. Um, you got to stock up. But, uh, yeah, and... You and I have together the last several years now gone on a massive, massive, scary and creepy and Halloween movie marathon. Oh yeah, it starts in it starts, August. Yeah, I used, to, <laughs> I used to start. I'd be like, all right, all of October is dedicated, and that's where a lot of people are. And and bless them. I, yeah, I, yeah. I love when people start the first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think two years ago started a September one. Last year, said, well, we're not going out. We're not doing much. It's a pandemic. Just gonna watch. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna back this all the way up to August. Yeah, shockest. Yeah, sh- yeah. Actually, Brian Strat, our, our buddy, uh, said uh, spoggest. Spoggest. Yeah, yeah, spooky August. Spooky August. <laughs> and then it was uh, then it was like Spooktember, and then yeah. it was Shocktober. But anyway, um, watch just so many scary movies and Halloween movies, and you name it. So I honestly, to me, that's my favorite. That just gets me in the mode so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. You know, I love the night of, and um, you're throwing a party. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, so everyone uh, listening, you guys want to come on the twenty ninth, tenth annual? Yeah, come over and do. Is uh, it the tenth? It's the tenth. It's the it's the it's wow. The, it would have been the tenth uh, last year, but we got postponed. So oh, yeah, you yeah, had to cancel. Um, but yeah, this is Halloween. COVID, the real. This is uh, the real boogeyman. This is a Halloween H one O. This is H one O, baby. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's pretty awesome. All right. Well, okay. Let me take my question to the next step, which you know I was heading towards. But uh, what is it about? And you know what? Joe Bob said Halloween's called Halloween, but any movie could be called Halloween. Why Why yeah. this one? Um, but it's so perfect. No one had no one had made a Halloween movie before Carpenter in 78. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it about the whole franchise, you know, the first movie and on, what is it about these movies that just weaves into the holiday so well for you? You know, uh, well, I, honestly, I, I think the, it's the... Uh, accumulation of the movies. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. that sort of, you know, they love the first Halloween movie and the second one they can sort of give or take because Laurie's not a huge part of it, even though she comes comes to be and saves the day. It's like you know, it's in a hospital. And, but I mean, yeah. it, but it just really, it's 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 sort of just you know, it's one and two. Three was a departure with the the mass and uh, and Tom. I know you're a big fan of. I love it, Tom Scare. What I love about it is that you know it's called Halloween. They really sort of wanted to make a Halloween anthology series, which is why right. Halloween three is you know sing a song. It's Halloween, Halloween. And you're gonna get that stuck in your head. Silver, you know? yeah, silver, and the the iconic mess where it's a skull, it's a it's a pumpkin, and it's a witch, and it's these three things that just that just mean Halloween. And then we get four and five where we bring Mike Myers back. Right, and then six and was, Loomis and Loomis. Yeah, we get Loomis. Uh, we get Pleasance. played by Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance, which is just amazing. He is he is Pleasance. He is the definition of Pleasance. He's very pleasant. <laughs> uh, and uh, but and then and then six is the Curse of Michael Myers, where it's a very Halloween movie. You, you they decorated it right. It looks like a Halloween movie. It wasn't like they were. It's now that it's, uh, it's it's Halloween six. So they were really trying to push like it's 
it's Halloween, guys. We, it, we're going to have people in, in costumes. We're going to have decorations everywhere, pumpkins everywhere, which is, I think, really sort of the thing. It, it, it started out as just a movie called Halloween that, you know, had some moments, you know, about that night. But really, it's the fact that he can that he is the scariest thing because he fits in with this mask and he right. he, he can wander through these crowds and you don't know who's the killer because you can have a bloody knife and it just looks like any idiot who's doing a, a right. thing. Anybody could so, could be dressed like him. Uh, yeah, I think really is. Well, like, and even Joe Bob yeah. said that, and I never put that together. They're like, oh, on the night where you can get away with it, exactly. And every, you know, of course, I was. was he can walk around in plain sight. You know, that's. Right. I think that makes it one of the more scary series. You know, like yeah. slasher stuff, and it's more psychological. You know, he's not supernatural. They've they've sort of discontinued that. You know, he doesn't come back with a lightning bolt. Uh, they're trying to sort of you know play right. with the, exactly what his uh, what his um, his his real deal is. Why. He has this thing, but even David Gordon Green was like, no, he's just, he's, you know, he's, he's pure evil. There's nothing supernatural. He's like, once mm-hmm. we get into impossible, I, I don't want to go there. Improbable, yes. Impossible, right. no. He's capable of spectacular things, but not extra, like, larger than life things. You know, like, uh, supernatural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's up for a little bit of debate. Even, you yeah. know, obviously author intention meets. Well, I really like how Gordon Green wanted less is more. And I think what you just said, that he's pure evil. Um, mm-hmm. But real quick, I, I just feel like the song, the music, yeah. the look, the vibe—it's also Halloween, and it's just woven itself into the Halloween canon. And you know, you can't separate the Halloween franchise from the from the holiday, nor would you want to. Yeah, you know, the when John I, Carpenter music with the pumpkin—that that, it's Halloween. You that's know? that's the Halloween it's Halloween main theme to me. It, it just and it just screams yeah. it. You know, yeah, like Christmas has got all the songs. You got Deck the yeah. Halls, you got Jingle Bells. You know, sure, there's some spooky songs, but when I hear the Halloween theme and see that pumpkin, and I love all the different uh, intros with the, you know, the credits. Yeah, the new intros are The new intro to Kills. It's so good. Oh, my God. Multiple pumpkins are all burning. I like how you said it was like everyone's kind of flame of passion and fear, like consuming them. I like you said Yeah, you see the flames sort of pop up in these pumpkins, like we're bringing these people, you know, they're, they're being empowered. And then you see the flames start getting a little bit too big for the pumpkins and start burning these pumpkins from the inside out. Yep. Very metaphorical to sort of what we see in the movie with the town of Haddonfield. You right. Know? This one's all about mob mentality, man. Like, it turns Absolutely. into Frankenstein and any episode of The Simpsons really quickly. Um, right, Beauty and the Beast when the, with the pitchforks. Exactly. And, uh, you know, well, yeah, it's like, it's... it's crazy it, old Maurice, and eh? And just how quickly, yeah, like, you know, fear can... Fear right. can, can also consume you in a way where it empowers you, but it also turns you into a killer in a weird way, you know, which it does right. with the entire town at a certain point. Yeah, I know. And the way they even photograph some of the actors uh, that weren't Michael in the similar vein kind of show that they have that that evil within that we all have this evil within us and if we let it go unchecked then it can erupt into the flame and I really I didn't again this is the third time now um, seeing the film and the first time I just thought oh the pumpkins are on fire wow we got multiple pumpkins in the credits this is really cool I'm talking about the opening you know classic and the last one it was kind of a reverse of the original film where it was like yeah, it, it starts back. from a rotted pumpkin that, like, that, like, that like reverses and grows back into a fresh pumpkin. This is the 2018 one, yeah. As sort of a revival from the dead motif. You know, like we're bringing Halloween back from the dead. Here we go. Absolutely. Yeah. And then this one is how it's like multiple pumpkins. And honestly, the comment you made, it blew my, blew my mind. And, uh, you know, how the, the mob mentality was really the factor. And that was really, really the giant takeaway for me for this, I mean, yeah. this one. Dave, I think David and Danny really do a great job of putting in a lot of layers to a movie that... 
wouldn't you wouldn't expect it. You know, they, yeah. they, they took John Carpenter's IP and they were like, how do we plus this up as fans, as carry? They get to carry the torch now. They grew up watching it. Now yeah. you get to carry the torch of the thing that like inspired you to become what you are, right? Writer, actor, producer, people. That's just fascinating to me that they got the the opportunity to do it. So like, why not really get into the meat and potatoes? You could tell they care a lot about every little aspect of it. Just yeah, like that. the just love like and they, the passion. Yeah, they pe- they pepper those little those the three Halloween three masks. The, le- oh, the, the God. Silver Shepherd. They pepper all those over in. it. Just literally in the first movie, they just peppered it real quick. Boom, boom, a couple of slides, and then in this movie, they feature the hell out of them. They going, really go for it. This is a part of the universe, guys. Every one of you people that hates Halloween three, we're so sorry. We folded it in in a way that you can't. You, you know, it sucks to be you now. Yeah. Uh, complain about it. We dare you. Oh, man. Three's so good. But uh, I think the reason three gets hated on so much is just because it really is the black sheep without Michael being there. And people missed Michael. <laughs> yeah. So I, I could see if you went in after seeing one and two and then you saw in 1982, you saw three. Um, I could see you being like, wow, what happened? Where's Michael? But uh, then you get a bunch more movies. So. But it's got Tom <laughs> Skerritt. And Tom Skerritt is a national treasure. I know. And it ends with him, and you never know really sort of – it leaves it on, an, on a note where you don't really know how it ends. It's so good. Anyway, back to Kills. Um, the, uh, Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins, yeah. He was a national treasure. But back to back – to, um, The Atkins Diet. As you yeah, know. the Atkins Diet. We, we were, were watching all Atkins Tom Atkins movies for a week. I was watching like The Fog, and then I was like – Yeah. Then, and, then, and then Howie 3, and I was like, guys, I'm on the Atkins Diet if you need me. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so I love what you said about the mob mentality, and I really think – you know, on, on one hand, I think – at first, I was like, oh, man, Lars not in this one as much. And it's very, very, very much a similarity for me with Halloween 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lars beat up. She kind of did what she had to do in Halloween 1. It picks right off of that. This yeah. one doesn't pick right... This one actually does pick right off of that. I'm sorry. Again, that's another similarity with 2. We have a flashback yeah. early in the movie where we go to 78, which we is get, awesome. We get, we get new old footage. We get new old footage. Of 1978 Haddonfield. That is so oh. much fun, man. It, like, really tickles your cockles in a, in a fan way where you're like... Oh wow, we're gonna we get we get to go back, you know. Yeah, like, we get to go back to that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The night he came home. Yeah, evil comes home. And then also Laurie, uh, Laurie is beat up and she's in a hospital bed again. Yeah, and she goes through a pretty extensive surgery because she gets stabbed in her stomach. Oh yeah, that is really brutal. And, she uh, she yeah. doesn't just get hurt; she gets like no. mortally yeah. wounded, and she pulls through. Um, and then later in the film, she's had it, and once she finds out that Michael is indeed not dead, her her daughter has been has basically hasn't said that. Michael is not dead, and he's at large. Yeah. But once she finds out, she injects herself, and we really, really set up uh, the third piece, which is going to be called uh, Halloween Ends, mm-hmm. which will be next year. Uh, next, yeah, yeah, next year, next, okay. next October around this time. And we'll, we'll do another, we'll do another podcast on that. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, we also pepper in um, uh, Frank Hawkins, the 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 police, the police is he the chief or the police officer? Um, he was in the original. Um, film yes and, and then and he t- was played by will Patton who's such a great actor that like when in, in, in Halloween uh, 2018 when will Patton he's uh, he's assumed dead he's assumed that he gets killed by um, so will Patton is officer Hawkins officer Hawkins yeah and uh, Frank Hawkins and, and and so we assume yeah. he's dead and then in the, you, we sort of stumble from 20 the 2018 yeah and in this one uh, we get um, uh, we get uh, Bonnie uh, uh, the uh, Cameron dressed as Bonnie the the young man who's sort of uh, messes things up with Allison, uh, you know, uh, Allison Strode, the granddaughter. And, uh, she, you know, she's she's uh, she's Clyde in the first one. Anyway, he's stumbling along and sort of just stumbles across Hawkins. Hawkins is still very much alive. 
and uh, gets rolled in next to Lori in the same you know hospital room because they're all sort of there's so much terror and murder happening that uh, that they're all sort of able to uh, um, that they're all sort of able to uh, uh, that they're just jammed together. And then Lori, yeah. Lori and Frank have this great moment where they, we get a little bit of their backstory, and and they're, they sort of set up a kind of romance in this movie, which is fascinating to me that they had the opportunity to do that where it's, you know, they're both just messed up. He, they've both been through surgery. They're doped up and they're just, yeah. And, yeah, and they have this really, it's a funny moment where they make each other laugh, but then they sort of like, ow, ow, don't and they're like, laugh. Oh my wounds. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but, uh, but you find out that there's, there's, there's a real cool relationship between them. And he was, you know, that they had an opportunity to sort of hook up at a bar once and, and, uh, and, and, but you know, he, he knew that she always, um, she always liked that. Uh, what's the what's the dude's name? But uh, Ben 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 Tramer or whatever. Yeah, you had a thing for Ben Tramer. Yeah. And so and but but <laughs> you know but he but we find out that Hawkins really he, he earlier on he had an opportunity to kill Michael on that night and he and he and he didn't do it and he's holding all this. He holds the guilt and responsibility. He's like, I have to do this. Right. But I could have killed him. I could have. He killed was on him. the ground. I had the gun. Yeah. He accidentally right. kills his partner. It's a really emotional scene. It's, it's played by up. Jim Cummings. Whom Jim become... Cummings, who's amazing. Yeah. Who was like, uh, have you he, seen Wolf of Snow Hollow? Yeah. Well, Jim Cummings, he was like, uh, he was like a, he was like a PA in the art department on, um, you know, on, 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 a, on like a, um, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Which was uh, what, like 2012? five, six, 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 seven years ago. So yeah. it just goes to show, you know, you just keep, you know, you know, piling along in this business and sometimes things just work out real well because now he's doing all these great things. So, now he's in Halloween. Um, anyway, but, and then Laurie at the same time, this also feels very responsible. Like, you know, no, I have to be the one to kill him. Even though we sort of established that Michael is just a killing evil machine that doesn't really care if you're in his path, he's going to murder you. And, you know, yeah. and, and his path is really just trying to get home in this one. You right. Know? That's what we kind of find out. Yeah, yeah. David Gordon Green says he has like a home, like, radar sonar he's a he's a six-year-old boy arrested development he was ripped away after you know the killings in 1963 he was put in an institution he came out 15 years later killed some people and then he went back in so he's never really developed as a human yeah um so it seems like with the mythology of michael that they're not telling us a lot you know like you said in halloween six they start talking about runes and this cult and they, they, they wanted to really peel it back yeah. into the simple, just, he's evil. Is he a superhuman? Sure, he can take a beating. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a, a Timex watch. Oh, man. Uh, I, mean, they almost, I mean, they almost had Paul Rudd in this one. To, yeah, that's what you to, said. To play the part of Tommy, uh, Anthony, Anthony Michael Hall plays him, uh, you know, Brian from The Breakfast Club. and Tommy uh, Doyle, yeah. Yeah, Tommy Doyle. He plays Tommy. Like, Anthony Michael Hall plays Tommy Doyle, which is just, which he does a great job. But it would have been fascinating because Paul Rudd would have sort of folded in the you know because he played he you know Paul Rudd's first role in, in uh, credited in a movie is Halloween Six: The Curse of Michael Myers and he's credited as Paul Stephen Rudd Paul Stephen Rudd Paul Stephen Rudd um so if I ever meet him I'm just gonna call him Stephen a bunch of times um, yeah well well I liked what you said about everyone trying to graft their their own mythology onto it to add meaning to it sure now Laurie does it in Kills where she's like it has to be me to kill him I I think it and then yeah. she realizes that it's not about her. That I think she was adding that layer on to somehow redeem or vindicate the struggle that she's had her whole life. I think she was trying to justify the justify fact that it. she has been stuck in this world building this this temple to capture him, and he still got the fuck out of it. And he still went. He still he got still out. Still got out of it somehow. You yeah, know? he's like, we burned him to the ground. He's totally dead. Yeah, and she's convinced. Um, you know. Yeah. And then the, the daughter's like, oh. um, yeah, mom. Uh, uh, yeah, Karen played by Judy Greer, who's great, and you know that she's gonna eventually see. 
that Mike was in the first in the 2018 film. If I'd say the first one, I, I yeah, yeah, specify. Yeah, I know, I know. So the 2018 one, uh, she's like, "Mom, you're crazy. You've been dealing with this one night. This guy went nuts 40 years ago. You got to get over it. Move the hell on." And she's like, "No, no, no. You got it. You got to like learn how to be a badass. You got to like learn weapons. You know." Yeah. And it actually did instill her into her all all this like how to be a badass. But uh, it was. Um, it's like one of those moments where it's such an emotional payoff where you see um, Karen, the daughter, notice that Michael's actually a real thing. And then yeah. the mom, and, it, and it's probably, a, it's, it's one of those like double-edged blades because you're like, oh no, well, that means everyone's going to die because yeah. this guy's back. Of course, that's what we signed up for. That's why we <laughs> pay to see the film. Um, but it's also like, oh, it was such a payoff, but it's such a double-edged blade because you're like, oh man, now Michael's just going to kill and and it, it's such a it's such a tragedy that after 40 yeah. years of preparing and doing all the homework and doing all putting in the time she dedicated her life to this you know it was like ahab with the white whale you know let's go back yeah. to Moby dick for a second yeah, yeah, yeah. dedicating the life for the you know I, I really hope he escapes so that i can kill him you know that was yeah. the line from the 2018 one that mm -hmm. I, you know my favorite line yeah and she has that moment where she's sitting there and she's got the gun and she gets you know and she gets drunk and like shows up yeah. at, the, at the dinner and they're like, this is why we don't invite you out. But it's really just because it was like the the one night she was, she was gonna try to kill him, you know. And then he still gets he still gets out. He still gets out. And oh, uh, so tragic. I know. So you're like your whole life of warning everybody of being a hermit, of being a recluse, of having all the PTSD, and then you still lose your daughter. Uh, uh, you still lose a lot of the people that were involved in the you know in the beginning. Um, yeah, the people it's like that the Haddonfield Purge, man. I mean, Haddonfield Purge, which gonna... Jason Blum does the Purge movies. Yeah, he does the Blum movies. So I was like, <laughs> there's definitely the a Purge moment where it's definitely like, a Purge element with yeah, the, with where, where the society. Like, yeah. Well, these people, yeah. Well, it's like they sought out the evil. They're, 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 like, none of these people like were. They didn't have to get in the pathway of Michael Myers. They chose to like let the fear consume them. And be like, we're gonna go get him. We're gonna take him down. And they go after him, and they immediately fuck around and find out about what happens when you do that. When you, when yeah. you actually when when you when you meet him when you meet up with the man. Yeah, because um, Michael Myers, it's okay. Let, let's. He's just well, a, he's just a man, but, but he is pure evil, yeah, right? He's pure evil. Even if he's a man or not. He, yeah. It, do, do you agree that he represents evil? He, he well, he is. He's like you know, it, it's like almost like a demon that's in a meat bag, you know. And then he's also <laughs> and then he's also in you know. Uh, a coveralls and a mask, and and all these people you know that are going after him. None, what I think it was fascinating that they all immediately got guns, but none of them knew how to use them. And right. it just goes to show you exactly. Which is so probably right on the money, the, right? And no, it, it, everyone thinks they'd be a badass so, with a gun, no, and they're like, "What do so I even do? Where's realistic. the safety?" Like, no, clearly it was so yeah. realistic. Like the fact that none of them could really figure it, you know, get the guns, you know, at the right. And one chick even, you know. That was great. She, he just slams, the, he opens the door on her and she, and she, and she accidentally shoots her, oh, blows her own damn head off. And you're just like, yeah. and you're like, this, right. you know, you're like, the, the fact is you're probably going to get killed with your own gun if you don't know what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's pure evil. And in, in the sense that we're like, they, <laughs> there's a whole town that just beats him to the ground. And Karen throws a knife right in the, in his upper back. And we assume he's gone, you know? And, yeah, but he literally can live through bullet shots, like so many bullets, fire, fire, uh, you know, whatever you throw at him, squished pins, yeah, you know, uh, things crushing him. I think he's actually uh, he has the he's made of stretch Armstrong stuff, so <laughs> under his skin he's just that like uh, hardened just corn a gooey syrup. Putty. Yeah, he's just that hardened corn syrup that's inside of all the stretch Armstrongs. So maybe he's got to like tie him to a couple of doorknobs. 
at like across town and just pulled because that's what we used to do when we would kill stretch you know i think halloween ends is probably gonna end up with them uh drawn quartering him and it's gonna be frank frank uh frank hawkins and laurie strode are gonna end up together because they built the, they built the, the scenes for the romance in this one and apparently halloween ends is four years in the future we're gonna yeah. we're gonna time jump four years for the next one, which is only one year into the future now, right? Which because is, it'll be twenty twenty two. Yeah, the movie yeah. Comes but, out. It, but in their world, they but in were, their world, they're still so, twenty eighteen. So you know, Frank and Lori will already be living together. They will have their own crazy murder house or something, you know, or, or they'll have their own weird plan to try to lure him in, or they'll be seeking him out like some sort of Michael Hunters or something that like yeah. go out on Halloweens and try to find him. Um, so I'm fascinated to see where it goes. Yeah, I really love the the use of focus in this movie, dude. The focus oh, yeah, where it yeah. would be like out of focus and then it would go into focus to get like a mirror with somebody's reflection, like Michael's reflection. Right. Or like when they're showing to, to Which not is the show. thematic looking in. Yeah. Looking and like, at himself. You know, they like to right. show like the first uh, like escaped mental patient and then they do that rack focus to like the back of Tommy's head so it unfocuses when they go over to Michael's face in the news so no one knows yeah. what he looks like. Which is great because um, who, who, who's the guy? Uh, 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 something Jude... Um, uh, who play who plays the shape in this one? It's uh, it's uh, James Jude. James, James Jude, Jude Courtney. Courtney. That you can see you can see that it's him from him from, and Nick Castle. The but yeah, so Nick Castle, who's the original shape, comes back and they he was afraid they were going to cut his scene for this. He's in one. He's basically in one shot. He was in. Oh, one, it's Aaron Armstrong as the shape, nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, so that well, means Nick Castle and James split. Yeah, so like in the, the seven, in, in the seventy eight version, they brought in a whole different actor for that one. Because yeah. they want him to look younger and skinnier. And then Nick Castle, I think he's in right. one shot. Like in, in Halloween 2018, he's in one shot. Right. And the only shot he's in is when Laurie sees him for the first time. Oh. You know, and he's like, I think he's like, he's, he's over there, you know. And it's, so it's the, the echo of seeing him mm-hmm. and, and, and that's the only time you see Nick Castle in that movie. That's great. And, and so it was such a great homage for them to bring in the original because he's not the same size or shape as uh, James Jude or James Jude Courtney is, but they sort of. You know, they can shoot him far enough away and this stuff, but it's just to let the actor come back and reprise the role, sort of like the the actor who played Chewbacca. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and and um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but, hey, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's oh, and, and, and then, and then oh, he got to pass the torch to the new actor who plays him, sort of, you know. Peter uh, Mayhew. Peter Mayhew, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he, was, he was getting to the end, end of his life, and thank goodness he got to actually pass the torch. Yeah, to he got to be button. in uh, Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and give it to it. So anyway, I thought that was, you know, you can tell that David Gordon Green... And Danny McBride care so much about this that they really they wanted, it. like they wanted to make all us nerds get real tickled, and they did some stuff in this that like I was tickled, Ryan. Below, I mean the POV shots, the like the the, oh, the, yeah. the, the axe coming into the mask uh, of the fireman, and like the when the uh, when the when the escape mental patient uh, you know is falling when to they the ground. Him to jump. Yeah, when they for, when when Haddonfield murders a guy, uh, Haddonfield yeah. are all guilty of murdering a guy now because right. they force him to jump to his death. And and but when he's falling, they must have done something on a camera on a string with a stunt guy and his hands right in front of because it it was the scariest. Yeah, you it was one see of the fall POV style. It, that was one of the scariest things I've ever seen in any movie ever because it was emulated so many times in a dream that I've had where you right, right before you wake up. Yeah, and or just and it and it really sort of made me cold inside of my soul. I was like, ouch, man. That was too real, and then they cut to him. You actually see him, Splat. and you're like, "Oh man, cut. yeah, oh, my God, that's so graphic. Such a graphic film." <laughs> well, and I honestly, I mean, you know me, I'm always mining for the allegory um, and the zeitgeist. But so the use of POV for me just begs the question, and I think, and this is this is my own personal thesis, uh-huh. and I could be completely, you know, off base here, but uh, I think that the the point, the thesis of this one is to really put you. Behind the mask, which we we literally get to be yeah. like, are we the killer? 
Yeah. Who's really the bad guy here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you said, mob mentality, the purge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that t- that takes a scary concept of a very scary, creepy guy. I think it's scary because it's real. It, it's it felt like exactly. kind of the real world we live in right now. The real where, world like, we live in right now. Where people could, you know, where people will just attack, you know, they'll just Especially with COVID and the masks. Mm-hmm. You and get one fighting. piece of disinformation and then everyone believes it and runs towards it and right. wants to kill it and cancel it and it's gone. And, and it's, it's like, the mob mentality. And, and mob now mentality. we have the, you know, we have the internet, and you know, we have Twitter, and we have all the, yeah, we, we have literally, our last president had to be banned from Twitter yeah. because he incited a mob. Exactly, know? yeah. I know, literally having, the, you know, you, you, it gives you flashes to January sixth in a way, in a way that doesn't make you feel good. You're like, no, this is where we're headed, sort of in humanity. Yeah. To watch this happen. This is our darkness. Yeah. Playing it's like we watch, out. we watch movies to escape. I, I want to watch Michael Myers stabbing a woman in the throat with a broken uh, halogen lamp. <laughs> good clean fun. Good clean fun. I want to see him just go to town on Larry Clark's back with like 15 uh, Lenny, <laughs> Lenny Clark's back which is 15 knives like and, the, oh, and this yeah. one was great because you know and David said it in, in an interview where uh, he said Dave um, and I, I mentioned it too um, before I, I saw this that I was like, it's almost like he's doing art. He's doing some art this time. And he said, yeah, he's, he's like, oh yeah, it's one of Michael's art projects. And I was like, the way that David Gordon Green said Michael's art projects. That's so sick. You just realized that like, he is, he's pure evil. There's no rhyme or reason. He enjoys it. It's, it drives him. It's, it's what, it's what fuels him, you know? Like he, he kind of kills to survive or kills to, that's what gets his dopamine flowing right. and stuff or, or whatever's he's flowing. Like a, he's like a shark. You know, he swims in the water and he kills and it's like in Jaws. It's just like, so that I guess we we'll even have the, the police chief. It's like we got to keep Halloween open tonight. Yeah, guys. this is a Halloween keep, town. Yeah, we need Halloween, Halloween dollars. Yeah, and so yeah. like yeah, we have the Jaws moment, which is very so Jaws. Yeah. Um, so to me, it just all sets up this beautiful. Because I, I honestly think that the 2018 one was about pain and trauma and and its and its effects on a person and, yeah. and how it, how it's terrible, but also somebody who prepared for something that. They knew deep down in their gut was going to actually happen, and then did. Yeah. So it's one of those. They're vindicated a bit. Yeah, yeah. they're vindicated in an awful way. In an awful way, yeah. and then they're still, and she's still unable to save her daughter. You know, yeah. and, and many people that she loves, and well, it's still town. up to you know. We don't know. We don't know if uh, Karen. You know, we That's do. True. We do sort of see her. You know, here's my theory. We don't really see the end is a little. I've seen it four. Fast. I've, I've seen it four times now. Yeah, and we and yeah. We, we know what the original ending was because we have a friend who saw the screening uh, years ago. Right. Um, and uh, and we so so we actually know what the original ending is. We can share it with you now or not. I don't know. But this one, I what I noticed after you know the fourth time is that she really does a lot of. It's a lot of arm stabbies. You don't see a lot of knife into body. Yeah. And she is lying on the ground. Her eyes are sort of still open. But you know, uh, again, Frank Hawkins was lying there, and was stumbled across and and you know and and fine for this movie. So hopefully she's around for the next. It would really sort of kind of disappoint me if. She didn't make it. I feel like it's, you know, it might be too many Strodes. I like the whole generational Strode girls, yeah. like, kicking ass together. And we got, you know, to just have grandma and, 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 and her and granddaughter, it just seems yeah. a little sk- slim pickings. So, uh, uh, well, um, it also would set up Laurie becoming very, I mean, I mean, she's already been this kind of, like, grizzled badass yeah, with no, this will this will crack her egg this will yeah. crack her egg for sure yeah. and uh she'll just i think this maybe what it'll take for her to like finish the job but anyway not to get too maybe ahead of ourselves to kill him is just is the vengeance that yeah but anyway so yeah. who do you think the true villain of halloween kills is if i um, you know, now this is an english class question but the true villain of halloween and there's kills, no wrong answers i'm just i think uh, the true villain of halloween kills is um is is fear and disinformation you know yeah. i feel like I feel like misinformation is, is, is what sort of 
drives him, and, and, and you know it drives them all to 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 pursue Michael, and it drives them all to their demise. You know, like they mm-hmm. they you know they they think that they've got him. You know, but yeah. He, I mean, he, he he pops up like Neo in the Matrix and just literally spins around and you know slashes <laughs> his way out of the, the the mob bearing down on him, which you just assume he really should have gone into pro sports. <laughs> exactly, you know, I was like, Michael would have. He's been a great. waste as a slasher. He'd have been so good at like fencing or basketball. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I love that the hate, the the, the fear and the disinformation because yeah, and I I don't know. I mean, these are classic themes. For humans regardless and I, yeah. I, let's back it up to the genre of horror i mean mm-hmm. what's so fun about horror is you get to play in this dark space but in kind of in a fun way granted it's not always fun and it, it's yeah. brutal to watch and like i love what you just said about like oh i just want to watch some clean fun horror and, then, <laughs> and i got the social commentary and i'm like oh the world's pretty scary but i think it's important for us as people as humans to in, to acknowledge this part of ourselves we, this exists. That this exists. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, and John Gallagher and I talked about this for three and a half hours when we did The Shining last yeah. year. And JG. The Shining about JG. What's up, buddy? How are you? Uh, you know, huge horror buff. He actually got me into Halloween. Uh, really? Yeah, he got me into Halloween. I was a, I was a big Thing, Thing fan. Yeah, I yeah. saw Thing early, um, but I, I hadn't quite gotten into Halloween. And he really got me. And he also got me into Halloween, too. But anyway, we talk about the cyclical nature of history, and I think The Shining really, really touches on that really yeah. well. It's a beautiful film about how, you know, with the genocide and the Holocaust and all that playing out. If we don't learn from it, yeah. if we don't grow from it, then we are doomed to get caught in... The we Shining, are the ghosts. The Shining's the a happy movie about going on vacation with your family. <laughs> it's just a nice uh, family film about vacation. Yeah. From where you're from, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's from Colorado. Just going on vacation in Colorado. Let's go to Colorado. Have, have some fun. <laughs> Come out yeah. to Colorado. We'll get together. Don't forget your axe. We'll, we'll axe our wives. <laughs> you got to split that wood. <laughs> and your wife. Um, but yeah, so I feel like with this one, it so beautifully made the town. It's like I was in our town in a in, in high school. It was like our town. It was like our town, but, but like nice. a horror version. Yeah. It's like, it very much was that, you know? Like, there was yeah. the archetype of every type of person. The everyman. Yeah, yeah, you know, right, They really right, did right. a good job, like, coloring the town of, like, you know, just these every people and, and every kind of person. And, yeah. And they did a really good job, like, sort of uh, equaling out that cast of the mob, you know? Right. Because it makes you feel like a, a, like anyone can feel like they fit into this, you know? Like, right. You, you immediately feel like, oh, I'm a part of this, you know? And you are. You're like, oh, we're a part of the mob. Let's go get them, you know? Yeah. And then you feel weird about it because it gets to a point where the dramatic irony is they don't know... That the, the the mental patient that they're chasing through the hospital is the wrong one, and we're going no 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 guys no and like then we're not a part of the mob anymore because the murder we're like, the, t- the town murder as you yeah, said yeah 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 the town murder that yeah. was the that's the most heartbreaking part well that was like burning a witch it's, you know what I'm saying yeah it, it, it was witch burning you know witch it, burning it, it's we've been doing this forever where we we all everyone gets along with they all wrong agree guy. because everyone has their own demons and as soon as somebody else's is exposed and you can all focus in on that then yours goes away you don't have to. You don't have to worry yeah. about it. that person. They're, they're the bad guy. Scapegoat. And every single yeah, the scapegoat. Right. And Turn this, the witch. And this yeah. poor goat, man. He his goat got got. <laughs> man. Oh man. And that, that scene is still like they force uh, him to commit suicide. The sound editor for this film is is one of the is one of the more talented people because they really do make the killing and the the certain horrible sounds in this. It's it just feels like it sounds like what it should sound like in your brain. You know, you even kind of hear. You know, with stabbings, you hear knife scratch bones sometimes, and it's messed up sick. Like the, yeah, especially like the, the poor nurse that gets it in the eye. My God. 
Yeah, so that's l- let's brutal. Let's talk about the kills and how yeah. and how gross they are. Um, I they obviously, I mean, David Gordon Green literally said it's like this is called Halloween Kills. Like, it's gonna live up to it. We gotta live up to it. <laughs> we can't just. Um, and we watched the 2018 one and Kills together on Friday, which was such a treat. If you oh, have yeah. the time to watch both together, because they're really, I mean, it will be a trilogy when um, Halloween Ends comes out next year. But getting to see the parallel, yeah. but. There were so many tonal shifts and even visual shifts, like you were saying, with the deep focus. Yeah. They played a lot more with deep focus, with racking, with what is that? Oh, that's oh, that's actually a reflection of Michael Myers. Oh, that's a reflection of me. What somebody looking up? I think all that led into the main theme of the town and the fear popping out. So these structural differences happen, but another structural difference was just the sheer effing brutality of this movie man it's a gore it's this just, is a, almost as gory as a movie gets in i life, screamed you know? so many times out of just ow because it was like gross oh. and gut-wrenching and they it was so graphic they the just, knife through the eye the knife through the eye just head oh. splutching and characters know? and characters that are trapped with michael and you I know mean, they're screwed just and... the first thing you know, when he comes out and he, he kills a bunch of first responders which just breaks my heart all yeah, these firemen yeah brutal and yeah he kills one of them with the, with the, with the, with the, uh, the big um, fireman saw he just flips it around and, and like and he kept saying now he's using my own chainsaw he took my chainsaw <laughs> and now he's using it on me <laughs> that's from uh, one of my favorite films Dirty Work one Dirty of Work our... Bob Saget directed yeah. Dirty Work R.I.P. Norm MacDonald we just lost him oh man if you haven't seen that one watch ago. that Artie Lang and Norm MacDonald it's such a fantastic film Great film. But yeah, even all of our quips and uh, jokes when we were all together watching it on uh, oh, Friday, uh, this is a lot of us, um, and we all know the franchise really well, yeah. so all the quotes and stuff and, uh, and uh, the puns were coming left and right. Even through all of that, yeah. it could not quell the disturbing, the, visceral, the, oh my God. nastiness of this film. Just the most brutal, brutal death, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, you know, he's like pushing his thumbs into people's eye sockets. He's yeah, he's like skull crushing. Yeah, it's just but, but they did it in a way like you know whoever whoever um, worked on this, you know the you know it's like it's like you can tell these are fans of, of Dean Cundy that did the lighting. You know you can tell oh, yeah. these the, the sound people are, are, fan are of the fans original. Of, of people that know every you know the you know the they makeup, know the makeup people were Tom Savini fans. You know like these are these are people that like grew up watching all the best practical stuff and now know how to do it in a way that on this kind of film is just gory nasty and it's and it like does it gut wrenches you in a lot of ways where you're just like oh my god i can't believe i'm actually seeing this like i know and then after after this watching a halloween it, movie this feels like we're watching saw or like hostel or they, something they take it to the next level with yeah the horror, which i think is great um, no it was it, they, they did it right they the tone like they built it up with the first one the second one is we are on a murder rampage through haddonfield and halloween kills it literally kills fucking everyone in town <laughs> And then the next one will be, uh, you know, now here's here's your finale. But the way that it, you know, really does sort of peak right here, uh, you can feel it. I've seen it four times in what four days? I think. <laughs> yeah, it only dropped on Friday, and we're it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. I've seen it four times in like right yeah, now, yeah. four days, and uh, and and I and I you know and honestly, I'm gonna watch it probably another you know one or two times before the end of this Halloween season, just because it's yeah. So much fun, you know. I mean, it's really you now, really make me want to watch six again. Oh, dude, we should watch six right now. Oh, let's do it. Let's just put it on. Should we do another podcast right after this? You guys want to sit and listen to us watch a movie, and we're just gonna grunt and moan. Yeah, yeah. You just for two watch hours. Go, oh, yeah. <laughs> Paul Stephen Rudd. My God, look at him. He just still hasn't aged in fifty years. This guy. Yeah. Well, so 
literally we were like, what's the budget of this thing? It must be bigger. It must be way bigger. I thought bigger. it was a hundred million dollars at least, maybe maybe a hundred and twenty. This is the Blum way. I don't know. They just they've got it down to a science. Maybe it's you know, maybe they don't have the biggest A list actors in the world that you know command a fifteen twenty million dollar paycheck. Yeah, yeah. But this is a twenty million dollar movie. And it's already how in in one weekend it made fifty six million. So it's it's Where made that? double its bu- budget back already. So they keep like conjuring twenty million dollars. Insidious five million dollars. Obviously, th- what started it all for Blum uh, Paranormal was what 50, ten, 50 grand. Or something? I thought it was ten grand. Or, yeah. No, yeah, I think it was like ten grand or something. Yeah, for just pizza and yeah, you know. no, it's just, Paranormal activity <laughs> was literally just like pizza and like a, a bare bones crew and like yeah. I think people just knew that they were a part of it because you look at the you look at the, all these actors. Every one of them has worked with David Gordon Green on Eastbound and Down or Pineapple Express, uh, or or they've been in the Bloom. Yeah, universe. Danny McBride and David Gordon Green met each other working in uh, University of South Carolina. They were or they, North they, they met together in college. No. Yeah, they met they met each other in college. Yeah, they yeah. were working together for twenty five years. And and yeah. then they got to uh, they got to you know expand that into their own careers that came together and they were able to be champions for each other for the last you know 15 years yeah um which you know you and i and our group of friends does for each other and we're all sort of like you know right there as well when you know 10 15 years down the line we might be talking about how you know we were sitting on the couch making this podcast and look at us now so um because yeah we do have we're sitting on a much bigger cat yeah we'll be yeah we'll be on a quite a little bit of a bigger couch Although this one's pretty big it'll be a cat it'll be it'll be sl- it'll, it'll be full of uh, just a few less farts and uh, <laughs> and that's it you know and that's how we know we made it <laughs> yeah when you sit down and you don't just like poof out uh, the last 15 farts from the well couch. I, I love hearing that that they they love working together and Jason Blub said you know you pay people right like you said the bonuses like this move okay this movie makes over Five million or whatever, you know, you get another yeah, ten grand, you yeah, get a yeah. fifty thousand dollar check in the mail, you yeah, know. Yeah. So making people feel more part of it, and honestly, like I said, they did, in my opinion, save horror. Uh, horror before I saw Insidious in the theater in twenty ten, I was there was this period between like two thousand and one and and twenty ten where I was there's just a, like, there's man, a ten year, there's a ten year lull. Yeah, it was like the, a ten year lull, and yeah. there, I mean, there there's was, there's was always exceptions. There was probably some good ones, but yeah, I think what they did was what makes horror good and like like kills it really goes to how society and the fear can overwhelm and yes we have this he's like almost like an avenging angel or you know like a moby dick white whale he's he's god or or nature or just the culmination of whatever yeah but it's like how we handle the slime in ghostbusters too that uh he's the slime in ghostbusters too (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh my god that's great he's vince clorothro's slime um, yeah, he's the slime in. Goes, oh, no, that's so, his first one. Just kidding. So anyway, just the ability to like focus it in, and I think that means less budgets. And I've been and I've been seeing this so well, much where... people are forced to be artists. Or they, they have to You're be, forced you to be have, an artist. You have to really just you know, make the thing instead of being a diva about it. And just like throwing money at it. Yeah. And, you know, using CG sparingly, using more practical, keeping it simple. Like Insidious, I just re- we just rewatched that one. I think it was first time for you, right? Yeah. What a great film! That movie's frightening. It's horrifying, and it's what four actors in a, in, a, in a room. It's a play. It, it, well, that's I mean, you look at anything. It's it's actors in a room talking. How do you make it? Different? How do you make it good? Because like ninety percent of anything is just actors in a room talking. That's right. Uh, and then what do you what what you gonna do to make it different? But Blue, right. like you know, uh, you know, he he gave, he built a, um, uh, an actual home for horror, which is the Bloom House production. He built Bloom yeah. House. He's got Blum a Bloom House. He's got a Bloom House. I keep calling Bloom. Blum. He's got a Blum <laughs> yeah, it's house. Blum, you're right. I and say it, Bloom too. I know, but I he he in my heart he is a beautiful flower that is always 
blumming. Um, he's always <laughs> blumming to its fullest potential. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'll get it right when we have our meeting next year. It's fine. Yeah, when you see well, a bit yeah, of it. It's fine, Jason. I worked with him one time, and I can't remember what the heck the movie was. I was location managing. Uh, it was actually a, an episode of an anthology series that they were doing. Maybe for Shutter, but this is a couple years ago. I oh. have to look through my look through my really? IMDb to find it. Yeah, cool man. I don't even know if I put it on there yet, actually. But um, Ryan has has locations managed many things. Yes, um, yeah. So he actually hired me a couple times. So that was cool. <laughs> the uh, the the other side. I do a lot of production work too, and uh, yeah, we we all we honestly have uh, been able to be a part. I mean, Andy, you don't know about this about Andy and the Andyplex. This guy was like, you know, he was bringing up electronics for like the Avengers and Breaking Bad and like this dude worked on like some crazy stuff before anyone really, you know, knew the potential. Like he was on Breaking Bad when Aaron Paul when it wasn't popular yet. No one had watched it yet. Aaron Paul was before buying was everyone on drinks at the bar and hanging out with everybody. Yeah. And so uh, I just you know, the, the, we've come from humble beginnings, but we've worked in the business for a long enough time and played around enough sets with enough people. We actually have been able to kind of know own, a thing or two. Our own, uh, pr- pr- producer skills, and now we're in the writer, producer, actor part of it, trying to give you guys all the great content. So, um, yeah, so stick with us because uh, you, you know, we've got big plans. <laughs> yes, we do. We and do. So, we're going to be pitching to uh, Jason Blum and uh, David Gordon Green very soon. I know. I know. Get ready, guys. DGG. The phone's going to ring. Jay, DGG. Coming. One thing I we didn't talk about yet in Kills, I want to make sure we touch on, was uh, the Michael's house and how... Like, oh, that's the whole damn point of this movie. Yeah, we're heading there. Yeah. And how good were... <laughs> Michael McDonald, whom I Michael McDonald. grew up watching on yeah. Matt TV. Matt TV. Who is Stuart, amazing. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. Yeah, and the, I think the only thing I've seen him in movie-wise before this... No, he was in a couple things more recently. Austin but, Powers? Uh, yeah, he'll yeah. always be the... No! <laughs> and he gets run over by the steamroller <laughs> and he's so far away and it's like no. what a great I mean I'm, I'm sort of fascinated if they if they sought him out or if they worked with him before or, or, or how that happened because yeah. he's such a great player and even his uh, and he plays um, and then Scott MacArthur as Big John mm-hmm. so it's, Scott MacArthur as Big John and Michael McDonald as Little John and Scott MacArthur who you'd recognize from like Mad Men and a bunch yeah. of things he, he's, he's a great actor they're so good in it uh, and the two of them together, what a fun chemistry! And it's, yeah. you know, one of them is the smaller one who's Big John, and one of them is the bigger yeah, one exactly. who's Little John. And they sort of, um, you know, when they, when they when yeah, Michael gets you know he gets into the they see a bloody handprint. There's someone in our house, and and it's and it's and it's not us. And 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 they each grab a knife, and one of them gets the charcuterie knife. <laughs> yeah, and he's that was like, great. I've got, the, and it's Big John has the tiny knife, and yeah. then Little John has. So the this big knife. this incredible gay couple is now the residents of. The murder house. Yeah. Which I thought was a nice irony and a nice twist because it's fun to see the old house and the old layout. You're like, oh my God, there's the, you know, the mm-hmm. original shot in Halloween one when they come up, when he, the POV shot coming up the steps, it's like, there's the steps, there's yeah. the railing, you know, there's the upper landing, there's the downstairs like hallway landing and, you know, and and then you get to see it like all decked out and like fancy. It's yeah, it's home, like yeah, it's like it has home decor. It's home like decor, it's like right you know, on. Yeah, it's a perfectly de- decorated, uh, like beautiful gay man's apartment. Yeah, house. and and they they inject what I believe is such needed levity. And after watching it today, I really because you're like, oh god, this is brutal. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm loving it. I mean, I'm a huge horror. Well, it's, it's nasty. It's, it's a lot to process, but because it's a lot. It is, it's 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 it's, stimul- it's overstimulating. Yeah, and you senses. need like a respite. 
and they they provide the way of actually yeah, bringing it back a step and giving a little B story. But they, you know, they do a whole thing where and, you know you show don't tell when you write. You know, you show so they're showing the house, and then they have you know this great Halloween prank that happens that they get pulled into, and they're like, "You kids, you don't yeah. even know what house you just pranked." Like, do you even Michael know Michael fucking Myers' house? And like, yeah. And that was just great because they got to like. Like you kids are too young to they even know what this is about, and they got to tell the origin story to these kids that had to no the next clue. generation that are like completely oblivious. Yeah, like to the kids that like never seen you know uh, Halloween. They're like, uh, we don't know what happened forty yeah, years ago. If you never saw like the original Halloween and you've only seen twenty eighteen, this is for the fans that are young that are watching this. You know, the younger fans to get you caught up, and it gets you caught up. You know, and it and I, what I really hope it does is it inspires them to if they haven't seen it to go watch the original and go down the rabbit hole of the you know ten before that. Because, I mean, I love them all. Even the four and five are sort of on the fence because people just, they didn't really like the return of Michael Myers and this and that. I just love any Halloween property, and, you know. And, uh, and and it's just fun to sort of, you know, go on the journey of, you know, all, uh, all, this, all the silly places. It's such a rich Because Pleasance, Pleasance is in a lot of now. them, you know. They keep bringing Pleasance in. Pleasance now. is great. And even seeing them come back. Yeah. And this one? Oh my god, so like... That so, was so trippy. So, so I, and it yeah. looks so good. It wasn't like in uh, Rogue One when they cut too close to... Uh, Palpatine or... To Palpatine. Yeah. Um, or no, to Grand Moff Tarkin's face. Grand Moff Tarkin, yeah. And you're like, oh, you're getting a little, you're getting a little greedy there. Just keep it wide. Yeah. You know... Um, the, the deep fake on this was... Peter Cushing's been dead for a long time. They did a really good job bringing him uh, out of the grave. But in this one, they kept it. They never like, were really tight on him. They no. kept it really far away. Whoever did the voice, you could tell it was somebody that's else. That's a guy that's a famous voice mimic. Great So he, he does yeah. Donald Pleasance on stage. I was reading up that he does a one-man show and he does all Harrison Ford and all these guys. Donald Pleasance is one of the... So, so oh, they must have gone and found, like, who, do, who, who does Pleasance does, the best? Yeah, like, who even does Donald Pleasance, uh, you know, impressions? And they found this guy. Because he go. actually does a really good job. But and then, Six and then, times. And then the body double is actually one of the art department guys. Like it oh. literally was one. Like I, I uh, okay, that makes sense. I went. I, I wanted to yeah. just find out because you know, but um, but yeah, uh, uh, Loomis was played by an art uh, department construction worker, kind of like Harrison Ford was a construction worker for uh, for Lucas. Uh, Lucas for and Lucas. He was like, Come and then, on, my movie. Yeah, and he's like, I need you to star in my movie. They kind of this that. movie yeah, called they, Star they War. Like, I wonder if like maybe you know he just had this the right body type or they were you know, but he's just he, he works for constructions. He's in the art department. It's one of the many many. Um, teams that make this possible that are all sort of you know uh, on the fence about going on strike right now, right? Um, because we're sort of getting, yeah we're sort of getting pushed around by the producers and um, yeah. Anywho, so it's just fun to That's see the real horror. you know like in like in uh, like in Twin Peaks uh, you know Bob the the bad guy Bob the the scary sort of the bad guy the, that that guy was from the art department. And uh, you can find some freaky weirdos wow, in there. that's great. And he just had that long hair. And so it's like, you know, like, you know, uh, David Lynch was just like, you need to play this part. And he was like, I don't really do that. And he's like, no, I'm going to direct you. Just play this part. Um, you look the, you just look like what we need. So I thought that was really fascinating. Because as soon as Lewis cool. pops in, you're just like, holy shit. Oh was, was this footage already shot? Yeah, and it looks so good. Well, it just looked like, you know, because they did a grainy thing. They like, made it they look a little. snip it out. Yeah, they made the 78 stuff look like old film a little, which was a really nice touch. Yeah, they aged the film just so that when you pop back into 78, it feels like you're watching the original. It has that grittier, very original Halloween movie. Yeah, more granny look for sure. It looked nice. And it's just so cool to be back to 78. <sighs> what a... But was it hubris on Little John and Big John's part? Yeah. It, it plays out like a comedy in the middle of the movie where you desperately need some comedy. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, after, uh, after so many kills. Um, after he's working his way there, and you know he's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know these guys are screwed. Yeah, yeah. You know they're screwed. And they are they keep getting pranked. So it's like, okay, well, that makes sense that, like, this famous 
this famous haunted house or killer house would be, you know, the subject of some pranks on Halloween. Um, but of course they think Michael is the next prank after being pranked a few times very nicely by this one triad, uh, with the razor blade and the the vomit. And that was really committed there. That was gross. (laughs) That That was, that was a messed up prank. That was a messed up prank. But it was a good one. I mean, that is trick or treat. You know, that's the trick part. Yeah. You know, everyone's entitled to one good scare. Exactly. So, you know, these guys are effed, you know, big John and little John are doomed. Um, but there's this kind of comedic beauty in the way they play out their night. You know, uh, what is it? Uh, little uh, Big John's smoking pot and listening to records. Yeah, he's listening to it's And he's like, I thought we were going to do a movie. And he's like, no yeah. way, baby. He's listening to some old jazzy. Yeah. It's Halloween. And yeah, like, it's Halloween. Let's put on some yeah, records. And something. Let's yeah. get high and listen to some old records. Want to get high? And then he's like, yeah, I'm tempted. You know, yeah. and, and the little, like, just isms that they have, and I, I, I know they let those guys play, and they're obviously brilliant actors. Apparently, Blake told us that, the, that's the, that there was a lot more of them in the original cut. Oh, yeah? yeah? They cut out a bunch of those guys. They probably ad-libbed a whole another movie like Wake Up Ron Burgundy. Probably. We should, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. going to be a supplemental, uh, you know. Halloween. Halloween Big John, Little John edition? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. But there was this kind of like, again, I really felt that this time, again, I'm mining for the allegories here and, the, you know, doing my English, my English homework here. But there was this hubris in the think that Michael wouldn't come back. You know, that this house... Maybe you should leave this house alone. You know, maybe they got a great deal on it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a beautiful home. Maybe you don't subscribe. To it. It's like, oh, he's locked away. He's good. But Michael Myers, he's become this, like, avatar for fear and hate. And, and he's this, like, avenging angel for, like, man's sins and, and, and hate and fear and all that. And I'm, I'm definitely adding all that. I don't know if it was intended or whatever. But I felt like it was an extension of the hubris of man to be, like, Oh, we're fi- we're fine by staying in this house. It'll be totally fine. Let's oh, let's get high and listen to records on Halloween night on the fortieth. Yeah, you know and, what I mean. Even when you know they know he's in there, they, they choose to defend the house. They choose not to run out of it screaming. Just be like, screw this house, you yeah. know, and and yeah, screw this house, and like they they defend their own space, which I also thought was a great uh, choice as well to mm-hmm. like show, um, you know, like we're not gonna let we're not gonna let him push us around. We'll, we'll take him, you yeah. know. And just the confidence that they had of like, and the, and the way that, um, uh, the way that, uh, what was the, uh, the, um, uh, Scott, Scott MacArthur, Big John, the way that Scott does the, um, where he starts taking his jewelry off, you know, so, you know like he's going to get in a fight, you know, and he's taking all his watch and his rings and then he throws the robe off and he's like, I got this knife. And he grabs a little charcuterie knife <laughs> or whatever. The and then Big John's like, I have this knife. And you're just like, and you're like, oh my god, you guys, you're 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 bringing a knife to a knife fight, you know? But it's yeah, against Michael. But Myers. it's against Michael Myers. So <laughs> much better with it than you could you're ever. You're bringing hope to two be. knives to a knife fight, but I'm telling you, uh, he's gonna get you. <laughs> he's gonna win. And yeah, and then he and then he and they it. offer like such little resistance, and they just get cut down. They get cut down, and it's just and it's a, just, it's so just sad. the most brutal. Like getting, I mean, he gets like stabbed up in the armpit. Like it's just oh, the god. worst. And then his yeah. face, and then like, and then and then he and then Michael recreates their little uh, their little couple photo by setting him up like yeah, oh my god he yeah a little art project yeah with all of his kills he's a six year old uh, boy who has a penchant for for the creative arts in his kills oh my god um, gosh that well was, yeah uh, just there's just such a there's I love how the movie keeps giving you like the well they should have known they should have known like yeah. this thing is and. It was like even tonight when Tommy Doyle takes the takes the stage at the talent show in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. yeah, right before Michael strikes, he's like, "Oh, does anybody remember the Haddonfield Boogeyman?" And it's like, 
you know, like, <laughs> yeah, they're like trying to think they're gonna see some stand up comedy, but and he literally, it literally was like, Are you guys too old or too drunk to remember? And I really feel like that was the kind of movie saying, like, these things happen, and if we're not ready for them again, yeah, uh, then we're effed, you know, yeah, yeah. And so it just kept feeling like mm-hmm. this was this kind of mo- this kind of morality, brutal, albeit morality play working itself out over and over again. Yeah. And it's just such a, such a train wreck once it gets all cooking. And this one just beautifully had the town. Because I remember in Halloween 2, the town was a part of it too. And there was a kid who got killed. He gets yeah. crushed by a, by a car. He's the one that's dressed like little he's, Michael. Yeah. He's dressed like Michael Myers, which yeah. I guess is like a Halloween costume at the yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it wasn't just that one. Um, that was on the, yeah, on the cause, shelves. Because they just like roll right into him. They just like crush him into the wall. Yeah, water, and right? then they're like, oh, we got him, we got him. It's almost like in Jaws again where like they, they get the one mm-hmm. shark. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, that's the pussiest looking shark ever. Like, There's yeah. no way that's the fucking shark. <laughs> but, um, you know, and they, they're like, that was a little kid and it wasn't him. It wasn't Michael Myers. We had to like get the teeth to identify. Yeah. So uh, there was another parallel with two, which I was talking about earlier. But there's just this beautiful morality play bringing itself in in this one so amazingly that to me took it took it up a peg well i think it is yeah it took it up a peg majorly they, they really were um you know yeah it was it was like uh you know um let's learn what you know what it was like a sitcom where you got to learn a lesson in the end you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah and they had to learn the lesson but they had to go through it to learn it right in the worst kind of fucking way the worst know? way and tommy you know it's like you can tell he's he you know we saw Lori's trauma and we saw what it did to karen and you know, luckily, um, she didn't have to put that onto Allison, her granddaughter. But still, she didn't get to have the same relationship with her grandmother that she she could have had. And uh, and and you know, she immediately wants to be a part of this mob and go kill him and stuff. And you know, has a she chooses the shotgun and, and this right. And, and hardly knows how to use it. And, yeah, and just like and and, and when <laughs> it comes down to it, like uh, doesn't know how to use it. Um, Shoots the pumpkin. But yeah, but I feel like we we see we see all of Lori's trauma in the first film, or where 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 her trauma has led her. Yeah. We, we never saw what happened to Tommy. And this one... No, you're right. This one... Well, I mean, we do... In Six... and uh, in, in, uh, Curse of Michael Myers, we actually do get a meet sort of in between Tommy, played by Paul Stephen Rudd. Uh, first so film, funny. everybody. Go check it out. Well, yeah, but the 2018 one is definitely a but, new... But, yeah, yeah. And, beginning. And, you know, but... You Off know, of but, one. But, yeah, yeah. So, like, they, they, they sort of ignore everything except for the very first, you know, uh, John Carpenter film from 1970 and you jump straight to this. So, here, so here we are. And uh, and we got Tommy, and now we're sort of seeing everything he's been carrying around. He's been carrying around this fuck, Similar. this hate, this like, this hate because he's been dealing with like just you know probably reliving that night every single day of his life. Yeah. And so he goes up on stage years. and he just relives it in front of people and introduces the other traumatic folks that were a part of it and sort of does a great some job. Some people remember, some people don't. Yeah, so it was a great uh, way of sort of introducing the characters and the actors that were in the original film that are back for this one. Um, oh, yeah, we had Marion, we had Lindsay, Tommy, mm-hmm, and, and Lonnie. Lonnie. Uh, All yeah. actors, right, that came back? Yeah, I don't think Lonnie was the T- same Tommy actor. didn't and Lonnie didn't. Yeah, yeah Tommy and Lonnie were... were, were, were Lindsay and Marion were both... But Lindsay and Marion were the original Played that actors. part in the yeah. 1978, and, yeah. And, and Lindsay, I think, is the was the young girl, right? Yeah, and she's you know now she's but she was eight years Kyle, old. Kyle Kyle Richards, uh huh, plays Lindsay. Yeah, so Kyle Richards, she's and then she's Nancy eight years Stevens old. plays Marion, and they're both in the seventy eight one. Uh huh, and Nancy's uh, her scene in this one very much um, you know sort of uh, mimics the one in, in the original one, but sort of she doesn't get away this time. It's very sad, um, but but yeah, um, Kyle Richards, she talks about how she was eight years old when she was in the first Halloween movie. 
but she, you know, they sort of kept the kids away from Michael Myers for their parts, so they didn't really know what they were in, you know, they they sort of did what Kubrick did with um, with the actor who played Danny in, in The Shining, where they, they watched it years later and like, holy crap, what yeah. the hell did my parents sign up for with this? Yeah. And, Thought I was making a comedy. But I mean, it's so, it's just fascinating that 40 years later you can be called by a casting director and be like, hey, we need you to come back and play this part. And reprise a role that you were eight years old. Yeah, that you were eight years old. And she's like, I haven't done any acting, but sure. I mean, maybe she yeah. has. I don't really know, um, you know, what she's done in between. Kyle Richards. Yeah, so Kyle Richards, you know, it looks like she's, oh, she did a couple of, you know, random funny things, but. Oh, she was in the Watcher in the Woods. Oh, Watcher in the Woods. Yeah, well, yeah. she was just a kid in that one too. That movie's great. Yeah, 1980. Yeah, yeah. that's like one of years Di- later. That's one of Disney's hidden gems that they don't put on Disney Plus. Um, oh, that- she was a, a nurse on ER. Oh, cool. She was in uh, an episode of Seventh Heaven. A lot of TV. Beverly Hills. Oh, okay. She was a nurse on ER. Yeah, I told you. Yeah, a lot of ER. Uh huh. She had 21 episodes of ER. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Oh, wow. Um, so she's been she's been working this whole time, and that just must be a fast. But still, to get a call for something when you're eight, and you yeah, know. yeah, when you like career started, um, how fun is that? That's so cool. So anyway, and and, and then the actor uh, who played Lonnie did a, just a phenomenal job. He was in uh, Midnight Mass. And oh yeah, he's, he's in the, the he's Michael Flanagan ton pieces. Of stuff. Midnight Mass was so good, and um, he was the groundskeeper in uh, House on Haunted Hill, also the miniseries. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The 2018 one, which came out the same year as Halloween. But I think he worked with the guys on uh, on. Um, on um, Eastbound and Down, or one of those, or a lot of them. I think he was actually on uh, oh, okay. Righteous Gemstones and uh, Eastbound and Down, and, and, and he might have even been in Pineapple Express. But I think he's been working with these guys forever, and and um, and so how fun! And so that's that's another thing. This is like you know, building relationships in this business is a huge part of it. And, and Robert people, Longstreet. Robert yeah. Longstreet. Bob Longstreet. What a badass! Um, yeah, this guy's amazing. Yeah, Hunting on Hill House is where he got in with uh, Flanagan. It looks like. Um, yeah. Which I, that's another team that I just oh adore. man I mean to be a part of Flanagan and David Gordon Green that's the two those they're are the, the two, two of the best right those, now those are the best uh, you yeah. know horror filmmakers in the business right now um, so anywho um, but Robert Longstreet what what a phenomenal performance by him as well amazing and um, and to, to reprise a role again he was one of the bullies that sort of bullies Tommy Lonnie and then in this one you see Lonnie's getting bullied by the Mullaney's there's like older <laughs> bullies there's a hierarchy of bullies that and you see bullies are bullying nobody bu- beats you know, the Mullaney's bullies are bullying bullies and it just gets passed the, down the, like we just talked the, the, the circle of bullying and, and mm-hmm. fear and, and exactly yeah. and fear and, and then it just how it plays so. itself out on um, a, a kind of macroscopic town level yeah 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 you can you know it's really good uh, everyone's just a Mike Myers in the making, you know? Yeah. All what? it takes is stabbing your sister in the tits. <laughs> <laughs> she stabbed his sister in the tits. <laughs> Such a great line. So do you think that Michael's looking out or looking in? Oh, so that was the other thing. When he's the, standing there looking Yeah, around. and so they sort What do you of, think, Ryan? Well, so <laughs> I, I'm sort or of... Uh, I think that I'm with him where they were where he was staring at his own reflection so long that he made himself kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, where he, like, where maybe he, like, or the way the lighting was in his house when he was a kid, the lighting would, you know, like, you know how it is when there's lighting inside but not outside, and it'll reflect your reflection on the thing, but you can't really see out the window anymore? I think that's what was going on. And he stared into his own face long enough that he drove himself mad, and, you know, and that was sort of his origin story. And, you know, and basically, right. or, or, or like, you know, developed a, a multiple personality of, and was talking to himself like Smeagol through the mirror. Go kill your <laughs> sister. Stab her in the tits. I know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's, 
I think I really do. I think, and that's why when we see people come up to that window throughout this movie, mm-hmm. um, we see uh, Jim Cummings. Uh, he walks up to it and he goes, and it's such a great line where he's just like Haddonfield. You know, he's like, where nothing ever happened. Yeah. He just gets brutally fucking. And then before murdered. he can finish his sentence, he gets and, Michael and then, Myers and then gets the, him. The same with the very end of the film uh, when Judy Greer, Karen, um, goes up and she's looking out the window, uh-huh. and then Michael Myers is right there, and it's, so it's like you know, um, don't don't. You don't look out his window. That is Mike. That's Michael Myers' window, and he does not like it when anyone else looks out. And besides him, man, he's that is his window. That's his window, man. But uh, you know, it's it's fascinating because I really hope they do sort of explain a little bit of that with the next one and and, and the house and stuff. And, but not explain too much. Well, no, because you know, Halloween ends should just be the beginning of another trilogy. You know, come I on, know. let's keep it going. Let's keep this. Go- I yeah. mean, if the box office stays like this, uh, Ryan, come uh, on, man, give us a Halloween series you on Shutter, can't man. Kill Halloween, yeah, kills. like the new original Halloween series on Shutter, written by Andy Meyerano and Ryan Grassmeyer. I'm in. Well, this will be my closing kind of English philosophy, but I believe this is just again tying it in that he is the avatar he is the culmination of man's darkness and he has become self-aware that that the darkness has become personified in one being um call it supernatural or just call it a nice metaphor but he's a symbol kind of like batman but yeah but well, he, evil batman he's almost like you know wolverine's brother he's got adamantium he's got you know, adamantium he's, he, could, he could you know yeah, he's got the healing that, powers. That knife is, just comes out of his hand like an adamantium spike. Well, well that's what I believe. I, I do believe that it's supernatural. Um, yeah. David Gordon Green was like, no, it might not be. He's just kind of capable of amazing things. It's like, all right, well, there's got to be a line where you know, you're running a guy over with a bulldozer. You know, He's not getting back up. Yeah. But he is this avatar of fear and hate. And he now has become self-aware by looking in that mirror and looking at himself. He was probably looking. Yeah. He was looking at himself for the first 15 years. Yeah. With Loomis, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, when, exactly. he was, when he was in the asylum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... He is now self-aware, and now he thinks he's just the hunger is just growing and growing and growing. And he literally, like it's like we said, he was a shark. He's just compelled to do one thing. He's he's not a man that you can reason with or talk with or, or you know, chat it over with. You know, he doesn't want to sit there and talk to you, even if it's been 40 years and it's kind of a poetic irony that yeah. we're together here on Holy Night. He doesn't talk. I hope he speaks in the next one. Say something! Say something! <laughs> uh, uh, the, I still stand by my theory that um, he's a stretch Armstrong full of uh, Ghostbusters <laughs> 2 pink slime. And yep. uh, so, you know, they're going to have to tie him to a couple of pieces of farm equipment and just drive him in opposite directions and tear him open and let the slime uh, reabsorb into the ground. Or then the slime gets into a pumpkin patch, and then that's how Pumpkinhead gets revived from the dead. And then we get a whole new series uh, called Pumpkinhead Halloween, where uh, where Pumpkinhead and Mike, My- Mike Myers team uh, up. are team up together. <laughs> it's a buddy comedy. Against uh, uh, Freddy and Jason. And uh, <laughs> Freddy versus Jason versus Pumpkinhead versus Mike Myers. Versus Mike Myers. Let's go. <laughs> Let's cram them all in there. First Carnosaur. <laughs> get them all in there. Uh... Oh man, wow. What a what a thing. Um so yeah, real quick, we talked about it for a second, but I want to talk about it just a little bit more and then I think I've I think I think we've done it, my friend. Yeah, this has been Um but do you think that uh, our dear friend and also co-host Adam Ferberg uh said, "I don't see Michael uh, if we're going to jump 4 years, right? We're going to jump 4 years sure. to the next one, which has already been spoiled." Uh-huh. In every news source possible. Oh, I don't know about it yet. Well, well, it's oh, we're, oh, gonna, the, we're gonna the time jump. Is we're gonna yeah, jump. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. we were 2018, and then we were 2018 again. Granted, it's been a few years in. Uh-huh. Now it's 2021 here in Earth. Um, but 
it's going to be 2022, so it'll pretty much have caught up. But Adam Ferberg says, I just don't see Michael Myers just sitting around. No, I think there's going to be a bunch of rampages that happen throughout this. Okay. And I will, you know, and it's like, I, I you know, it's always Haddonfield, right? I think he's going to go out uh, beyond this. Maybe he's going to go to Miami. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe, his, maybe his family has a summer house. They got a summer home. <laughs> hey, Jason, they got a timeshare. Yeah, Jason comes home to his summer home. And uh, when, when he comes to his summer home. And, but I mean, honestly. Michael Myers, spring break. Because, you know, or, or you know, I doubt he's going to go into hiding like a locust and then pop out four years later. I, I bet what happens is that every year there's like a tragedy and sometimes maybe it's all in Illinois and it's starting to spread out and we're trying to follow him somewhere else. But I feel like we're going like to have a Now that he's gone home and satisfied mm-hmm. that itch, now he's going to... And I bet, like, Laurie and Frank are going to team up to try to, you know, to try to figure out the next place he's going to hit. And then they're going to, like, Get try him. to meet him there and have a Halloween showdown ambush. in whatever town that is. Yeah, the ambush. Another trap. Mm-hmm. Man, I am so pumped for the next one. This one really... At, the first time I saw it, I'm not going to lie, the, the ending left me like, oh, it's so set up for the next one. Like, it wasn't... It didn't quite stick. It was a little rushed. It was a little yeah, rushed. Yeah, a little rushed. But, you know, after seeing it a few more times... Um, it, it, it was it was stronger. Honestly, I don't like it, it. For me, it doesn't really. It seemed rushed, but I've seen it before. It, it really just hits these beats, sort of the yeah. John Carpenter how he does the it's, score. It's very methodical. In. You know how his, his his beats are almost heartbeats sometimes. Uh, bah, bah. Right, it's a nice bah, kind bah. of climax culmination bah, moment. Bomb bomb, you know that's your other characters. Bah, bah. Yeah. Bing, 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 bing. Um, so yeah. I mean, I feel like they're, they're the, the way the beats are set up because it was literally like you know, ah, oh, Karen on the ground, Lori, you know, looking kind of concerned, Michael standing there, boom, Halloween kills, and you're just like, yeah, let's go. So it, it, the way that it revs you up. I think they do that on purpose because if the next one is four years in the future, they have to get you to bridge that gap a little bit or get your excitement up at the end of this one because you're right. going to watch them all three in a row at some point, and you're yeah. going to have to. It's the middle link's job to to pass exactly. the buck. Exactly, we the have most. to cliffhangery yeah. in a little the, like Empire Strikes Back, or, mm-hmm. just you know. enough cliffhangery stuff to like give it the meat and potatoes. But the original ending, actually, you know, should we spoil it? Um, yeah, well, I mean, it t- technically doesn't exist anymore, yeah. so it's not really a spoiler, but uh, our, our friend Blake Spencer, we call Fast Pass because he sees every movie. Fast Pass! Like, he saw Halloween Kills in 2020, in the beginning of 2020. Yeah, he saw it a year and a half ago. You know, it was supposed to come out last Halloween. Yeah, yeah. And they pushed it because of COVID, but um, the real monster, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, actually, I don't remember. You go ahead and tell it. Uh, so what happens is... is um, uh, um, uh, Karen actually uh, makes is the daughter. Call, yeah, calls uh, calls Lori Lori Strode, and is talking to her like you know, hey, I'm I'm at the house, um, you know, blah, blah blah. And Lori's like, what are you doing at the house? And then Mike Myers is right there, and Lori hears the murder happening over the phone, over the phone, and, and then, then grabs a knife and go and walks sort of walks out of the hospital like she's gonna go on the mission to kill him right now. Didn't really work with the four year time jump. Just doesn't make sense anymore. They, because right. of the, the beats with a four-year time jump, we're gonna have to go. We might even go back again, which would be really nice to go back. They'd to the probably have to like flesh it out a little more there. <laughs> yeah, and we might have to go back to seventy-eight again, or check this out, eighty-five sometime, where we meet Laurie and Frank meeting at the bar for the first time. Ah. I feel like we're gonna get another oh, flashback of eighties. Well, yeah, exactly what I'm saying. You know, yeah, let's get some eighties. Get some eighties action, there, baby. baby. Uh, but I feel like we're going to build up their relationship. They're going to be living together in this one, I'm sure. Or, or like, you know, are, t- are, are in a tight-knit uh, group. Um, I bet they're just together, you know. I bet at this one, by the next movie, like, you know, uh, Will and Jamie are kissing on the lips. They're, These uh, actors are just boom, you know. 
because they're giving it enough of a time jump you can build a lot of relationship they're both living they're both on the mission to kill him and they and they both feel responsible they both it. feel responsible and they both yeah. feel like they blew it um laurie obviously re- yeah. thought thought she just got him on the, in the fire i'm hoping karen loses an arm and that's it because she uses her arm to sort of protect herself but you never see the knife really go plunging into yeah, her body or yeah. her head or anything and it seemed like um the way they cut it that that laurie like sensed it with some kind of like her her ESPN. She could yeah, her ESPN the Ocho. ESPN. <laughs> <could>, uh, ESP. Freudian <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, slip. But yeah. but yeah, um yeah, the ending was a little rushed, but I feel like again, after the third viewing, um and it, it really it makes me want to be like if someone was like pay me a hundred dollars to go see Halloween ends right now, I would do it. Like, so that is a good ending. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we've already watched it once today, and if somebody offered you... I mean, I'd watch it again for free right oh, now. Oh, no, I mean the, the, the new one. <laughs> oh, the new one. Oh, yeah. yeah Halloween, I, oh, so watch I, it after right the now. end of Kills, I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait for the next one. Yeah, Jeez. Yeah. So it did its job as a film, Which as I a film know. ending. And it's already in the can. We have to wait a year. It's, like, already done. I know, I can't the, wait. It's the worst part. Although, I, I think I'll be a little sad when it's over, but... Well, me too. Um, me too. But we also still have, we will have had, what, 12 Halloween movies <laughs> yeah. to, to, to have fun with. And as we found out with the Joe Bob uh, interview, David Gordon Green ha- now has the Hellraiser. Yep. He now has, um, oh God, I'm spacing on it. Oh, Exorcist. He has all these oh. old IPs that they're going to bring back. And he's been working for years on them. And he's like, I love what he said about, and you touched on it earlier, like, how do we nail certain beats that we must hit as fan, uh, you know, for the yeah. fans of these old IPs? But okay. also, if we don't put our own fingerprint on it, it, it sucks. And so he takes it very, very, very seriously. And after his performance with the Halloween films, I'm excited that you know he has other IP in his hands. Yeah, he um, wants something for the old fans and the new fans. He's like, how right. do we, how do we give something for everybody? Which I really love that he cares that much. You can tell. How much he the love cares, is there, and he's dude. a fan. Yeah, yeah, and you just watch him in an interview. He's he's got a Frankenhooker he's T-shirt on. He's a super on. cool guy. Yeah, he's yeah. got a Frankenhooker shirt. That You're like, Joe, I love you. That Joe Bob sent him when he was a kid. He wrote a letter. That's right. He wrote yeah. a letter to Joe Bob when he was a kid. Uh, that was like you know when he was writing in the newspaper in Texas, right? Yeah, Dallas? yeah. Here's here's why I'm the biggest fan. And to win a comp to win a competition, to get a Frankenhooker T-shirt sent to him, and he got to wear it on Joe Bob. 20 years later or whatever. Like, that just, that's such a great moment, you and, know? And he came to him as a fan, and he was like, oh my God, I remember when you were, and he was like, you remember that? Like, yeah. he's like, I remember articles you were right, you know, 20, 30 years ago, like, yeah. in the Dallas, I forget the magazine, but. David, you can newspaper. tell he's got, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a genius, you know? You, yeah. can, you can watch his wheels spin, and, you know, and he's got a really kind of cool, odd cadence about him, um, where he's, he's, he's got these really, Sort of, you could. His eyes shoot. His eyes are wide open. Like he, <laughs> like you, you believe whatever he's telling you. You're like, oh my god. Yeah. Because he is so into what he's saying. He's the fastest slow talker. The slowest fast. Well, talker he ever. only uses the bottom half of his mouth to talk. I feel like he's got this really cool thing. <laughs> but when he just, talks, it's like doof, 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 doof. Yeah, it comes no, at you. Well, he, well, he just. It's just. It's just constant knowledge. You know. He yeah. knows his craft so well. He knows it. That he was able to take on this monster and the next monsters. You know, Hellraiser and Exorcist. And he'll be able to give everybody exactly what they want. You know it. And, yeah. And, you know, even, and bring it bring it into the next generation. Mm-hmm. And, wow. you know, and he directed Pineapple Express. He, you know, Eastbound and Down. These are hilarious shows and movies. That yeah, really, he's showing his range. As yeah, a, he, can, he knows to do comedy, and he loves to do horror, and, and he really did do a good job sort of 
uh, peppering in uh, Big and Little John for our comic relief in this one. And, you know, there was, there was a couple other moments, like, you know, when, when Frank and Laurie are, are bonding and stuff. It was really an endearing, real yeah, yeah. moments, like really real moments, you know? And, and that's what makes it so textured, you know? If a movie is just nonstop killing and just violence, you know, like yeah. we, said, we, we said with Little John and Big John, like, it needed that levity in the middle of, like, this calm, kind of serene mm-hmm. moment, even though, you know, they were screwed. But it just, it added so much more to the characters in the town. And yeah. it and broke up the pacing. He so we're said going something on a roller coaster instead of just a flat line. Yeah, know? pacing is everything, right? <laughs> um, and that's that's very important. Like even in Jaws, he's like, "Come and chum this," and it's like it was like a laugh, and then the shark pops out. You know, boom. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you know how to how to lull them and how to surprise them, and you're kind of a magician doing tricks. You know, and there's something he said in the interview with Joe Bob. Everyone watch uh, Halloween Hoedown on Shutter. Watch they watch Terror Train and Alice, and uh, I forget which which movie he said, but. He said comedy and horror are kind of linked. And he's like, it's like farting in church. It's like wrong. But yeah. it's so right. But it's so right. But it's so funny <laughs> still. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. so funny. And it's like these taboos. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how comedy and horror are. And I've I've been, you know, I've been hip to that for a while. How they're kind of, yeah. you know, you, you crank up the dial. A guy slips on a banana peel. You know, you crank it up a little more. A guy slips and falls on a banana peel. But then he also gets creamed by a truck and his gut's everywhere. Like, that's not funny anymore. <laughs> now it's disgusting. Anyway, that's a quick metaphor. But... Um, David Gordon Green's so cool. I know, man. And Jason Blum's just like he's he's got creative control. You know, let him do his thing. I trust. I trust my directors. Yeah, they stay in their lanes. They and stay that, in their he, lanes, he, and they have it he, down. The reason that David's able to get what he gets done is he doesn't have the Overlord producers. You know, constantly messing it all up for yeah, him. Yeah, because a lot of yeah. times they come in and think that they know what's best and have these best. ideas, and it yeah. derails the whole thing or push it. You know, and you let the, just let the creative people have their vision and do it the way they want. They'll hire the actors that can play the parts correctly. You know, it's like you don't have yeah. to over-direct them. You just give them the tidbit and let it grow. And you can see that they keep the same pile of people with them their whole career. Yeah, you know? people love – I love seeing, like, those those groups. I mean, like, again, with Flanagan, like, they just love to work together. They're, they're, once that comfort and the trust is built mm-hmm. and you know you can kind of go – you can go into these depths and, and play in the sandbox – um, and we'll be there uh, with him soon. Yeah, so um, can't wait to, uh, to meet you um, when uh, we're pitching you some ideas there. All right. DGG and Watch out, and David. JB. We're coming, baby. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, this has been unbelievable, and I am even more in the Halloween spirit than I was before, which was already at DEFCON 5, and now we're at DEFCON 6. Is there yeah. a six or is there a five? Uh, I think I thought it goes down. Oh, does it go five down to one? So okay, we're, I always yeah. get it backwards. So it's, we're at DefCon Zero. Oh, we're at DefCon Zero. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited. I'm at the DefCon that conveys the most excitement. <laughs> um, this has been absolutely amazing. Is there anything uh, you wanted to say uh, before we call it a day here, sir? I just want to say, bum bum, bum bum, bum bum, bum bum, bum bum. that was great thanks for joining us everyone it's been a treat Um, Ryan thanks so much uh, for doing this with me Um, he's wearing a Halloween 2 shirt right now yeah from the original Halloween 2 yeah original Halloween 2 which again very spiritual kinship with with this one yeah hospitals um, sequels yeah less mob mentality in the original Halloween 2 but uh, this one really turns it on to current uh, humanity really current uh, current events I know we didn't even talk about COVID that much, but you know we're all in it. We don't have to, you know. <laughs> we get it. We get it. Yeah. The fear is at uh, a ten right now. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, go out and be smart, and use your head. Don't let fear dictate. 
Unless it's Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Use your head like uh, like Big John does. You'll you'll get that reference when you see the movie. You'll see how his head is used. Yeah. Oh gosh. Exactly. You'll see. Ew! I can see it in my mind right now. It's so gross. It's so gross. This movie is gross, but in, in the best kind of way. It's the best. But one. yeah, it's been a little while, a little break uh, with the Antiflex. So expect some more episodes coming down the pike. Thank you guys. I love you all. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining us for the Antiplex and Halloween. Check it out, Halloween Kills. If you haven't seen it yet, watch it. Make sure you watch the 2018 one first if you haven't. Uh, ideally, I guess we watch Halloween 1, then the 2018, then Kills. But uh, definitely watch at least the 2018 one. Thank you, Ryan. High five. Yeah! Yeah! Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.